If you're feeling a little uncertain about your job security in pharmacy, maybe even a little scared, you're not alone as the job market is changing rapidly. And uh, 2020, we're out of it, but it ain't done. We are continuing to experience rapid change innovation at an exponential rate that no one could have possibly predicted. There is, however, one asset that you can maximize right now, whether you're a pharmacy student, newly minted PharmD, or longtime pharmacist, that is guaranteed to give you security in whatever career path you choose in our profession. What that is, how to create it, and how to turn that into career certainty is exactly what we're going to dive into and share on this episode of the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. So get ready, Fit Farm fam. It's time to make a breakthrough. I see my victory so clear. I see my victory so clear. It's a day we break through. It's a day we break through. It's a day we break through. It's a day. So y'all probably saying, "Dang, you making some mighty big claims, Adam. You best deliver soon. We all be wiling out on this." So guys, pause. It's okay. Even though it doesn't seem like it out there or in the pharmacy or in the Zoom pharmacy school that we have now. But I have good news because there is hope. Y'all know, if you're watching the video of this, you see my put my hat in the hope dealer. But here's the thing. Whatever niche of pharmacy or career path that you plan on pursuing, what we're going to be covering in this episode is going to be good news because the asset that you need to create Certainty for your pharmacy success is both in short supply and high demand. Huh? And why is that good? That, that's kind of sad. It's good because it's an opportunity for you to innovate and step up to be the leader that you were meant to be. That's right. The leader you were meant to be. It not only creates career fulfillment, but as a side effect of the skill we're going to dive into with our special guest on this episode, it will also generate more revenue in your paycheck. So that every time you roll up in Chipotle or do that curbside, regardless of where we are in the COVID process, you'll be able to start your process with, I know guac is extra. Give me double. It's going to be like that. And it's this one asset that's going to give you fulfillment, flexibility, and just an amazing career impact. And that one asset is leadership. Huh? Adam, I thought this was going to be more profound. It is. And here's why. Leadership is essential because it's not just the most impactful skill you'll ever create. It's also the most challenging and humbling skill that you will have to develop for one reason and one reason only. Before you can ever hope to lead anybody else, you first have to lead yourself. And I can think of no one more qualified in tune with the needs of both pharmacists and pharmacy students as it relates to the real world, present day pharmacy career market than the organization executive director of, yes, you guessed it, Phi Lambda Sigma Leadership Society of Pharmacy. So I am so, so excited to introduce to you guys, Brandon Jennings to the podcast. Welcome to the show, my man. Thanks for having me. Super excited to be here. Dude, you are like literally the timing is perfect. And guys, we were talking about this before we got started. The timing is perfect for so many reasons. But because we're in such a whirlwind of uncertainty, and I mean, you work with pharmacy schools all across the country, and you hear their concerns, as well as what they're looking for. So would you agree that that's one of the biggest concerns is focusing on job security? And I spent all this money, I spent all this time on getting a doctorate in pharmacy, what am I going to do with it? Because literally things are changing every day. Is that kind of in line with what you've been hearing at chapters across the country? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, you're right on with the uncertainty piece. I mean, that that's tough, right? You go into something you've invested four plus years in all of this, and then we don't really know what's happening on the outside. And 2020 just blew things up of, of, of what to expect moving forward. We really don't know. Um, so leading yourself is probably the best method to try to overcome some of this without a doubt and and guys you might think like there there is no certainty in pharmacy that might be true because when you roll in the pharmacy whether you're a student an intern or a pharmacist you really never know what's going to go down there but if you're able to equip yourself 
being so that you can rely on skills that you've genuinely created, not hyped up and not done the work behind the scenes, but you've actually been doing the work, you know, personal development, looking at your blind spots, looking in the mirror and, and having peers that can say, these are your strengths. These are areas that you might want to consider stepping up in, which is humbling. And that's exactly why so few people do it because at first it can kind of be like all your fears and, and think like self-limiting beliefs, they kind of surface. And if you're not able to break through those things that we all have, by the way, so yes, you listening saying, I can't do that. That's me. We all have that. If you're not able to break through, you will not create a literal breakthrough to becoming the leader that every single organization needs, regardless of where you're at in your career. So guys, I think this is a really essential episode and the timing is really spot on because while there is so much uncertainty, even more than there already has been, if you can create a sense of certainty where you can rely on yourself instead of a favorable job market or the offer that you've dreamed of or the perfect pharmacy team, we have no guarantees. And even if we get that, it can change by the end of the day. But if you can focus on one asset that will allow you to have that certainty because you're relying on yourself, imagine the peace that will give you. And also at the same time, the challenge, and that is the, the beauty of the pursuit because you are creating the leader that you would want to follow. And that's really the whole premise of this podcast episode. So guys, I just wanna give a quick kind of background on what PLS or Phi Lambda Sigma is. Um, I was honored to be a member uh, when I was a pharmacy student and there's an exciting event coming up that uh, we're gonna talk about. If you're in PLS, either as a pharmacy student or you're staying connected as a pharmacist. But real quick, Phi Lambda Sigma is the International Pharmacy Leadership Society and their mission hinges on the ability and focus to support pharmacy leadership commitment by recognizing leaders and fostering leadership development. So Brandon, my dude, a lot of people see that leadership's important, but, and that's where most of them stop. <laughs> exactly. So what I want to um, ask you is PLS, you know, just a phenomenal organization that has such high integrity, which is why I am honored to be a member and an active alumnus um, with PLS. But what I want to kind of share, because you have, there's, you know, it, there's chapters all over the country um, in, in pharmacy, in so many different students of different backgrounds and career paths. So you have an excellent um, gift and really position to see what the most common struggles are. And that's the, per in my opinion, that's essential because if we can identify them, then we can break them down and create solutions. So the first thing I want to ask you is, like we said in the beginning of this interview, is that uncertainty is huge with everything going on and then some. So there's a lot of fears, there's a lot of anxieties that pharmacy students and pharmacists alike are looking for answers on. And while leadership might be a clear answer, that's kind of the solution. I think where most people, in my experience, where most people get tripped up is how do we make that work? So can you just kind of share what some of the roadblocks or obstacles that in your experience, pharmacy students have seen, pharmacists that you have worked with both in PLS and in your, your company, um, that would be common things that would keep people from developing their leadership? Yeah, absolutely. Um, honestly, most of it boils back down into your ability to be self-aware and emotionally intelligent. And when I use the term emotional intelligence, I'm thinking um, being others aware. So you're self-aware and then also being others aware of what's coming to you. So we undermine our influence all the time because yeah. we do things, we have habits, we have tendencies, especially when we're stressed, that undermine our influence, that prevent our ability to lead our teams, to lead ourselves. And so what we work on a lot is the self-awareness piece into growing that. Um, so that yeah. becomes part of the bigger ultimate solution, but we have to recognize that that's an issue. Um, if I am working at a pharmacy and I, my technicians are turning over every two to three months, 
there's lots of reasons for that, but the first thing I'd start to think about is, well, how am I leading that particular group? Now, there may be challenges I can't overcome. If I can't pay them, okay, right? But let's say everything else is exactly equal. How am I leading that team? How am I leading that group? What's it like to be on the other side of me? And so those are right. a lot of the things we work on. Exactly. So that is a challenging topic. And a lot of people, and myself included, like, yo, I mean, I've been a full-time re- community pharmacist uh, since 2012. And back in the day, like I, I thought I had it handled and, and still, like I still try to check in with myself. So this is one of the roadblocks that I feel keeps a lot of people from dispensing their full potential as a leader. And it's this, they think they're doing a good job because they're looking at the good things and they're not looking at all things, including ourselves our tendencies to take it easy, to cut corners, whatever that might be. So let's say that someone's in that situation, regardless of where they are, school or or pharmacist, and they get feedback that isn't in line with what their perceptions are. So it's clashing on their self-awareness and they get defensive and they start to feel like their self-worth, their identity of a leader is getting challenged. If someone's in that situation, can you kind of give some leading in as far as well, pun <laughs> lead them <laughs> to leadership um but can you kind of give them some insight for when they get feedback that might feel uh you know degrading or you know question their integrity or anything like that can you kind of guide them through if they're in that place how to break through that and how to look at that as a gift rather than kind of a curse absolutely so i would take one step before that so yes. first i need to recognize myself as an individual, how do I receive feedback? Am I likely to get defensive? Am I likely to really take that to heart? Um, we, the, we're powered by Giant. We use a Giant Worldwide platform and that, that's a basis for all of our, our leader development. And there's five personality types. Some of those personality types, feedback and person, project and person, they are absolutely married. If I was to come in and say, Adam, you know, the paper, yeah, not so good, right? I I would cut this, I would do this, and before you know it, the whole thing's red. If you are built like that and your project is married to you as an individual, you leave thinking, why does he hate me? Why did he do this? Right? And now I am not wired that way. So when you bring that to me, I am showing you that I care about you because I am taking the time to do that. But you can easily see how we miss that oh, communication, yeah. I am transmitting in a way that you don't wish to receive it. You're asking yes. for it to be received in another way. So before we can appreciate the feedback, we also need to appreciate how we receive and how we transmit. So we have really two sides to that story. In, in, in this scenario, I as the leader need to recognize if your personality type does lead itself, your voice leads itself to taking that feedback to heart. We need to, I need to know that. I need to develop a strategy to come at you. We rarely have the luxury of our bosses knowing that. So yeah. as the individual leading myself, I need to understand that, ooh, Adam doesn't hate me. He is just providing this feedback. Let me go in with that mindset until he proves me wrong. Let me go in with that mindset of this is going to make me better ultimately. That 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 is a lifelong struggle, but that is something every day, the more we recognize our tendencies, the more mindful we can be about it and then continue to move forward. That is so spot on. And what you just did was not only give excellent advice, but you also drove the main point of having self-awareness is where leadership starts. Because guys, think of this. You've all either experienced what Brandon just described as feeling personally attacked when they didn't mean that, they were trying, genuinely trying to give you improvement, or let's try this. Have you ever tried to give feedback to someone? And in your head, you thought, oh, this is going to make them you know, great. I might be a little nervous, but I, they know I care, so it's going to go well. It doesn't go well. They get offended, <laughs> exactly. and they start twitching in one eye, and you're like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> they, they, oh, what's going They're down? They're coming at me. So, but Yes, but do you guys see? Because I know every single one of you is nodding your head like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But here's the thing, guys. If you don't have self-awareness, that's exactly what happens. So the antidote for that overreaction for taking that the wrong way, literally a self-awareness. And you can see how this plays out either from your own personal experience when you were the receiver or when you were in a genuinely good intention, 
trying to give that to someone else. You felt that awkwardness. You felt that pain. You felt that questioning yourself. Like, was I even, was I spot on? Like, am I deflecting? Because this is what real leaders do. When that happens, they don't say like, oh, he's immature. No, no, no. They say, oh, what could I have done to make that better? Could I have given this in a different way? Should I have sandwiched it with like giving good feedback, telling the issue, and then sandwiching with good feedback afterwards, which is a really great, great technique, by the way. Um, but that's exactly what most leaders do is they look at how could this have been improved? And I want to share with you guys a nugget. And, and I think you're going to appreciate this because when we get feedback about something that needs improved or just, you know, cutting the crap when we really sucked or screwed up, which all of us do because we're human. I mean, you're superhuman, but I'm, I'm human over here. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Definitely. But here's the thing, guys, when you get bad feedback, because in this is the reality of pharmacy, very few people take leadership seriously because it takes a lot of work. It's very humbling. So as you've probably experienced in your superiors and not talking crap on any company or anything like that, but just real talk, you've probably experienced feedback from someone who seemed like they just didn't care because they lacked that self-awareness piece. They might have come off as abrasive, just saying like, you need to tune your butt up or this is game over. Like what? Like, and that's how some people's are like some people, that's just their tendency. But here's the thing, it, the filter that I really urge you to use, because it's really going to help you flip that script of a personal attack and allow you to see that maybe this is actually a blessing that just has some jagged edges. So here's what it is. Instead of looking at this and say, just like Brandon suggested, why does this person hate me? Why is this happening to me? It's the same thing, so we're not ignoring the feedback. We're taking it as it is. We're just changing the question from why is this happening to me? Why does he hate me? To how is this happening for me to help develop me into a better leader? So you see what I did there? I'm not a blind optimist. I'm not telling you just ignore the feedback and, and just look at what's good about, you know, what's good about this. What I'm saying is it's feedback that's valuable. How you take it which by the way, is 100% up to you, how you take it and choose to use it is what's going to make the difference in your journey as becoming a leader. And I, that's just something that personally has helped me. Um, Brandon, I don't know if you resonate with that at all, but that, that really helped me on my own journey. Absolutely, so we speak in the terms of support and challenge. And so on, mm. as a leader, anyone that I am leading, I need to provide the right amount of support with the right amount of challenge. And that is super difficult, just like you said. That ratio changes every project, it changes every person. If I was working with you on project A, I might need to provide more support than I do on project B, so I can't even use the same ratio I did before, if there was one, right? As you're thinking, yeah. like, how can I best do this? We also have tendencies. I know my tendency, especially when I'm stressed, all challenge, no support. Not, I would be the one to come in and say, you screwed this one yeah. up, fix it, get it on my desk by Friday. That's yeah. not helping you. And so I like the way that, that you're coming at it. As you start to twist that and say, okay, how is this for me? You're actually providing extra support to yourself if yeah. the challenge is there, but they're not necessarily giving you enough support to raise you up. And vice versa, coming in, you did great, you did great, you did great. Well, we, miss, we, we, we missed our mark. What are you talking about, right? So now you can come in and say, well, I appreciate that, but let me challenge myself. I think by next quarter I can hit whatever, right? You are providing your challenge in that, that metric for you to bring that forward. Both are leading yourself. If you don't know yourself, though, and know your tendencies, there's no way you're ever going to lead yourself. You've got to know how you are built and your tendencies. That is so spot on. And guys, we're about to go just one level deeper, but I wanna just recap where we are right now. So y'all know that pharmacy is just out of control with change, not in a bad way. So I mean, just like change is an opportunity. It's literally a breeding ground for innovation. But we all know that there's a lot more uncertainty than there, were a couple, than there was a couple years ago. And it's not stopping, it's in continuing to grow. We know that the only thing that you can count on truly is yourself when you really take that ownership. And when you do that consistently, that's really what leadership is founded on. You guys know that. That's not news to you. However, there is something that is true. That is what every single pharmacy school, every single organization, every single career, regardless of your niche in pharmacy, regardless of if you're doing a residency, fellowship, community, whatever it is. If you have that skill and you put it into practice and not just talk theory like in meetings, but you actually step up and do that, 
you are now invaluable to that organization company and that will pay dividends. Everyone knows that. The problem that everyone also knows is it's in very short supply. And what we're gonna uncover is why that happens. So right now, Brandon just shared invaluable truth that you have to realize there's different personality types. You have to recognize that everyone does not receive things the same way. And in that same light, not everyone has self-awareness and everyone is at a different process of that self-awareness. So how you give it with that balance of challenge and support is gonna make a huge difference. Now we're gonna open this up a little bit wider. When you give this sort of feedback, you have to also realize that people learn it different. So like Brandon said brilliantly, like let's say someone needs more support and then just a little challenge or they're gonna get overwhelmed and shut down. Well, then you have to realize that people absorb that feedback differently. Some people like the spoken word, they like to be told things. Other people like to have notes and bullet points and like to visually see it, they're visual, okay? So let's say that you, you did everything right, but then you wrote all these notes down and they take it as, oh my God, this is overwhelming. This is like a, a, like a final notice. It's like, oh, on my house, oh, I'm gonna go out, what am I gonna do? <laughs> but then other people, you say the word and they're like, oh, I need it in writing. Like th this doesn't count if it's not in writing. Like, how do I remember? I need to know, I need to know it. So there's so many sub-modalities of this. And I'm charting to show you why it's so rare because as you can start to see, and this is just like less than 1% of this deal right here for real. But as you can start to see, there's a lot of layers to really do this. And here's the other thing that compounds this. Just like Brandon said, all these little things are different for every person. So guess what? It's a little bit challenging. So you can see why the supply is quite short because it is an ever evolving challenge. You're not perfect at it. You're not like, oh, I graduated next. No, no, no. There are many different levels. Yeah. So the reason that I'm telling this, Brandon, is would you agree that like that's the reality of pharmacy? Like no BS, like this is literally how it works. That's it, that's it. And identifying it, uh, a lot of the tools we use, one of them is a infinity loop. And it's because no matter how much you identify your tendencies and the actions and then ultimately what happens from that, you still come back around in the loop back to your tendencies. So whether they were positive or negative consequences, that's going to impact your next tendency. And no matter how well you do it, it's a never ending process. And so as you mentioned, as a leader, if a relationship is not going well, if feedback didn't go well, um, whatever, you didn't, you didn't meet your goal, your project didn't turn out, the real introspective look should be, what did I do? What could I have done in a different way that would have positively impact this team? Or was I doing things that was undermining my influence and negatively impacting this team? That should be part of the debrief, the postmortem when this is all done. Not just, well, geez, every time I'm on a team with Adam, he stinks and we don't get this done. Like that's not, that. okay, maybe, maybe that is true, but you better look inside first because you're never going to be able to lead the other person on the other side of you if you can't lead yourself first. We've got to recognize those tendencies. If every single time you walk in the office, I'm like, yeah, give me a minute. I'll be right with you. How likely are you to walk into my office? Well, for the first 84 times, it really didn't matter. But the 85th time was that one thing that was going to save our organization. And you didn't come tell me about it because I blow you off every single time you're in there. That's my yeah. tendency. If I don't find that, I'm going to undermine my influence. And I think we've all worked for bosses like that where they could care Absolutely. less about me, they feel. And that could be why. It's purely a tendency. It has nothing to do with actually how they feel. Exactly. And what you said, I think, is really spot on that I, that I want to kind of share with people because what I'm going to do right now is I want to give some voice to some thoughts that people might be having, whether they're watching this interview on YouTube or they're listening to this uh, on the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare podcast. And what that is is, oh, this makes sense, Adam, but you know – I just wasn't born a leader. I, I don't have it. I see other people like you guys and my classmates and they're just like, they rule, they've got the reins. I don't have that. So I guess I'm just screwed. Can you speak to that? Absolutely. So I, I'm a firm believer that leadership is learned. Um, we all, Amen. we all come from um, different backgrounds. So we are made up by our nature, nurture and choice. So by nature, you're born in a certain way and, um, so my dominant voice is a very loud voice 
and in America that is deemed often as a leadership space, right? So um, that when I speak, people listen. Do I know what I'm talking about? Maybe I do, maybe I don't, right? And I need to use that with caution. Early in my career, I didn't. Um, but keeping that in mind, but that doesn't mean that if you have a quieter voice, you're not leading. Uh, in one of my leader academies uh, that I'm running, one of um, a pretty, fairly strong voice uh, spoke up and said, wouldn't the quieter voices be the better leaders? And had a well thought out thesis of the entire process of why we should actually invert the way that we come about in leadership. And that just got me thinking, there is no way that this is born in you. This is a lifelong process of being vulnerable, of recognizing your tendencies, and improving on those. We all have that ability. We all bring valuable skills to the table, and we all have skills that we're really bad at. And so as a team, we should be able to ultimately lead each other. Oh, so Brandon, you just hit on something that I didn't think about going into this, but it's so true. In my experience, uh, and I'm obviously, I mean, I have a podcast, I'm, I'm a loud guy, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a professional speaker, like I speak and all this stuff. But here's the thing I learned in meeting pharmacists all around the world. Most pharmacy students are introverts. They're not the guy that's you know on the podium and stuff like that. So they feel like, I don't like to talk. I don't like to lead conversations. So therefore, I don't feel qualified to be a leader. But what you just said is so profound. And, and if your guys are listening to this, that's actually the answer, if you're listening to this. So if you feel like you don't have a voice, sometimes listening and being quiet is the loudest voice of all because so many people feel unheard and they don't feel like their opinions are valued, they never speak up. But if you show up as an introvert with your tendencies to actually listen, acknowledge, and respect and guide them to understanding where they need to improve, where the issue is or whatnot, it's actually going to make you the loudest leader of all because you had the leadership skill of being quiet and listening to those who felt like they weren't heard. Absolutely. You want to get your team going, that's how you do it. Right? So my my voice, I learned early on um, through a lot of our training, I need to shut up. Like I go last, right? Because I always have an opinion about something. Always. I've always thought of the solution. I have the plan in my head. But I what I will do is often squash the quieter voices in the room. And some voices are just quieter. That is by nature who they are. They bring so much to the table, so big in relational glue of the actual group, but they can be squashed. So what you just described is, I call it a safe environment. I, I think that has a bunch of different connotations, so I don't want to take it down an interesting path there. But but you're you're creating a space that allows people to share you now end up with differing viewpoints. You now end up with the best plan on the table instead of the employee, the teammate, the friend sitting there saying, well, I'm not going to speak up because they never listened to me. And the whole time they had the gold that they that was going to take this to the finish line and you never got it out of them. The it, From my voice perspective, I would just overpower them and be like, oh, good, everyone's on the same page. And I'd leave the room thinking we're all great and no one in the room had bought into anything. So when it actually comes time to pull in the same direction, no one's inclined to pull. I don't even care about that. It was his plan. He can take it. He can run with it. right? And that's not getting the group running in the same direction versus if you might have brought something forward and I said, well, I kind of like that, but what about this? And then someone else said, oh, yeah, let's do it this way. You now get the whole group pulling. That is a leader. I, I love that because something that I heard years ago, it, it's a it's a very humbling challenge, but I think that it uh, describes leadership perfectly. When you're able to step in and equip a team to the point where when you're not there, they don't need you, that's a leader. And Absolutely. that takes time and it's humbling. And then you're like, wait, are you trying to say that I need to be useless to be needed? <laughs> not <laughs> quite, but but yeah, it is. It's really interesting, right? Or um, I think, and I don't have it exactly right, but it's you know a good leader, when the team accomplishes something, they think it was their accomplishment like individually, right, and not recognizing that it was because the leader was in the room and empowered them to ultimately go forward. Like that should be what we're striving for. We should, as a team, take value in that. It's not my lead. It's not because I had the best idea or Joe had the best idea or Jim had the best. It, we all came together um, to get this done. And I just, I don't see it 
um, happening very often and it's because I, I don't think we put in the time and the effort into our self-awareness to fully understand it and, and to look at this and you're gonna be stressed you're gonna be stressed in your day-to-day -day. we all are no matter what's happening personal professional and you're gonna fall into your basic tendencies and I'm gonna follow my basic tendency of not listening to you that's my basic tendency unless I pay attention to what I'm doing exactly and guys I hope that you're probably listening to this we've broken down some of the stereotypes of what a leader really is because it's not just being the loudest guy in the room that has the podium that's not like th that honestly that's like maybe five percent of a leader for real so the point of that is to show you and hopefully inspire the potential that it's not the other person or it's not that you weren't born with this it's that every single person yes that includes you has leadership it's just what are you going to do with it it's a gift that needs cultivated developed it's an ongoing process like anything like do you really think that you graduate pharmacy and you're done like let's be real it's called continuing education because it never stops and that has to do with all great qualities like leadership so there's a couple things that i wanted to address to you guys listening or watching on youtube first that the the standard stereotype of you know being a loudest man in a room of leadership and, and i don't have it i'm not born with it is a bunch of crap so that ain't true so boom the other thing is from talking with all the amazing insight that brandon's given is that there is lots of different ways to be a leader and oftentimes the things the qualities the gifts that you've been counting out is what your team has been counting on because not anyone has that. So I'm hoping that a seed has been planted and showing you that, yes, you are a leader. It's not that you're too quiet or you know you don't have it. It's that there's immense potential and opportunity. So what I'm gonna do is bring you guys full speed because that's where we are right now in this interview. And you probably are at the question, Adam, this makes sense. I never thought of it this way, or it's reaffirming what you already knew but it comes to the same point. What do I do about it? Do I read a bunch of books? Which book do I read? Where do I go? I want a mentor, but the mentor that I have is not like me and our personalities clash. Like he's very outgoing and loud, uh, Adam. <laughs> um, I'm very quiet. I mean, let's just be real, okay? Yeah. Um, so our personality types don't, you know, don't jive or I've tried to mentor and it hasn't worked. So I feel stuck. I recognize all of this opportunity potential but I don't know what resources or what organization is available to guide me through this process and show me things I might not have considered or allow me to see and develop the gifts that I actually have as a leader, whether you're a pharmacy student, pharmacist, or really like any career path at all. So that is where I wanna bring in Phi Lambda Sigma because literally it is like legit, legit in pharmacy. It is where the leaders of leaders come, not to stand on the podium and get awards, but to come and learn with each other saying, I might have done good things, but I wanna get better. Like I know I have things I need to work on and I wanna just break my mold of what's possible and learn from others to cultivate those things and possibly try other leadership styles that I might not have considered or tried before and failed miserably and it caused some pain so I don't want to try it again, but I know that it's what my team needs. So can you kind of give us an insight of Phi Lambda Sigma, how it works, how people can get involved, pharmacy school, pharmacy students, and, and here's the big one that, that I'm a huge advocate for, pharmacists, because so many people are like, oh, that was pharmacy school, I'm done. Mm-mm, right. mm-mm. <laughs> yeah, now you yeah. actually have a playground, so yeah, you're not done. Yes. Now it's yes. now it's time. Um, I. I appreciate your thought there and, and it I want to stress that it's all the above so if you've had a mentor that you don't drive with find another one right if you, if you go to a physician you don't like you go find another one like do the same and and um, it's super important to be able to have those discussions although complete opposites sometimes it does work out quite interestingly um, so yeah. We, um, with MPLS, um, so staying in, in, involved and in from the development side, I will say it's been about eight or nine years, the National Executive Committee, which, which pretty much changes over every year, but we've made a commitment every single year to really grow the development piece. 
for the longest time we're really good at recognizing leaders but developing a strategy to develop the next generation of leaders is really quite a daunting task and yes. um, I was national president in 2014 we had a, a discussion at that time of really pushing and trying to move into leader development space it's now 2021 and we're finally getting that, some of that done so just to show you how much time that takes to yes. really do it kind of the right way but we had to go off and find a, a strategy that works for us and that's you heard me mention giant we use that as the basis for our educational material and then overlay it with our expertise um, that comes into play so what we look at so there's obviously opportunities within the organization on the committee level and running for office and all of those things and and, and we can definitely chat about that but on the leader development side we've really been pushing um, some opportunities both from uh, what we call leader academies so intense growth uh, we've we've got two collegiate groups going through 22 students that applied and were accepted into the program and every two weeks really growing their self-awareness emotional intelligence their that is what leadership is it's not like oh here is the leadership stick this is how you do it it is really understanding who you are as an individual and that is the basis for what we do so our education is you need to know you then lead you then we can talk about leading the rest of the team yes. usually we sort of know something about ourselves we don't ever talk about leading ourselves do as I say not as I do and then oh let me lead the team I'm ready you're not anywhere close to being ready and you end up with some of the bad examples we talked about earlier. So. Oh, guys, if you're watching the YouTube, you see my smile is like going widescreen because this is so freaking true. If you want to lead other people, you have to first start with yourself. It's the reason that so few people become leaders because oftentimes we see spots in that mirror that we don't really, we're not really proud of, but you can actually turn those tests into your testimony to help other people go through that too. But, oh, so uh, there's so many things I love about what you just said and, and why I'm so passionate about PLS, not only as a pharmacy student to develop the next generation of pharmacist leaders, but also pharmacists coming back to support that. And that that point right there is one thing I, I just wanna just use you as an example. Sure. So guys, there's a lot of organizations just outside of pharmacy, just in general, that you know they have positions and it's like, oh yeah, you, you do this. Um, here's the guidebook, okay? Uh, you're, you got this little, you know, certificate and you just, you just regurgitate. That's not what PLS does. These are actually leaders in pharmacy that walk. They don't walk the talk. They dance and write the guidebooks. Like it's, it's real. I'm going to use you an example. So you're the executive director of PLS now international, right? What do you do outside of PLS? Just tell us real quick what your role is as a, tell us. I run my own company. Um, I do lots and lots of uh, leader development within um, pharmacy space, but all business and all spaces, um, working with companies to try to help them overcome um, the basic challenges that we see in communication and teams. So that's a big part of my business. And how long have you been doing that? Um, formally as a business for about two years, um, but informally pretty much my entire career. Dude. So one of literally one of the foundational blocks that just I just not I'm pulled to in PLS is the integrity because every single person in this organization does what they say. And it's not like, oh, they got lucky one time. This has been a repeated process. Not that they're like, you know, they're done. Like we said, this is an ongoing process, but they have the experience. They've had the pain. They've had the insight of what happens when you do it the wrong way so that you don't do it again. And seeing that firsthand to teach people and guide them. So imagine if you had not a mentor, but an organization of mentors, not only teaching you from you know years of experience, but learning along that process the same time you are. So that you can not only get fed this leadership mentorship food, really, for your leadership development, but you're also learning along the way and sharing those struggles. Like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a pharmacy intern. Let's say pharmacy school. Okay. I'm a pharmacy intern. Um, I started with, you know, this new, new job and I'm seeing some things that, that kind of clash with my ethics and I'm not sure how to talk about it. Or you're a new pharmacist and you know, life's going to get easier. Oh, number one thing. And I thought this too, when I graduate, 
and there's no more tests. Oh, I'm gonna have so much free time. <laughs> so easy. Let's be real. Let's be real. But you realize that it's a lot more than it seemed from the you know from the classroom, and you start to realize there's a lot of spinning plates. Some are like really slow, and you have to jump to them before it falls off and crashes. And some are going at hyperspeed. So how to manage those and everything else. So there's a lot of different aspects to leadership depending on where you are in your path. And it's not only learning those, but teaching them. And, and that's my belief is the best way to learn is to teach it. Oh, and you yeah. can't do that unless you've gone through that process. We learn something why, new every time. Like it's, yes. uh, we're learning along in the process. Exactly. And, and that's why PLS is such an essential uh, organization and why it's, it's not something where you just, you know, sign up, pay your dues and get on the, get, you know, added to your resume. This is application. Like this is literally the, the cream of the crop in terms of people that are committed. So it doesn't mean you have to have, you know, 10 awards in order to qualify, but you have to show a few things indicating that this is something that you're taking seriously. So what I want to just kind of, if you guys have not heard of this or you have misconceptions about PLS. So right now I just want to talk to pharmacy students. Can you kind of share PLS, how to get in, what that process looks like? Maybe they've applied before and didn't get in and they just threw in the towel. So can you kind of speak to anyone in that process that aren't in yet, but are interested? Absolutely. So at the collegiate level, every chapter has, we empower them to have their own process when it comes to the specific details of how they're recognizing. But on a global perspective, it is peers, your fellow pharmacy students that are recognizing your experiences in leadership and recognizing those and bringing you into the organization. Some will allow for self-nomination, some will nominate you. Um, again, every chapter is a little bit different in that process, um, but regardless, it is your peers, which is quite humbling that they recognize that you're a leader within the, within the school. And it doesn't even need to be within pharmacy. It doesn't need to be experiences while you're in pharmacy school, but you could be leading your civic organization, um, the local homeless shelter, whatever that looks like um, for you showing those leadership skills. And it's not just leadership positions, because what I always say, presidents, presidents of student organizations, why are you president? You're popular or no one else wanted the job. Yep. So what are you doing with that leadership? Exactly. What, how are you developing yourself? You're going to screw stuff up, which is the perfect time to do that in pharmacy school, learn from it and grow from it. But we as an organization really promote leadership. It doesn't mean leader positions. It's leadership. I really want to drive that point home because it's so important. Um, guys, pharmacy students especially, we are really hard on ourselves and we tend to downplay our success so that we literally have a highway to stress and a dirt road to happiness because we've done all these things, but it's not quote good enough. We don't have first place. We don't have this and that. We don't, we don't have more degrees in a thermometer, so we must not be good enough. And what you just said is so important. It's about leadership qualities and not leadership positions. So if you don't have a quote, important spot, but you're an active member that goes to the meetings, which literally that's like less than 20% of members, let's be real, not PLS, just in general, any organization, okay? So you go to the meetings, you actually are engaged in conversation and you're involved, <gasps> you do stuff. Oh my goodness, yeah, what a leader. Exactly. That Guys, that's literally all it takes. That's the foundation you need, and that's the seed that you keep like literally fertilizing that through your actions. That's what they're looking for. So I really want to break that stigma of you have to be present in your class and present of all of this stuff in order to even qualify. No, no, no. It's the intent and what you're doing with it. Are you walking the walk or are you trying to collect things because – all those shiny metals look good. Absolutely. And you had so, said if you didn't get in, you know, what um, what to do. I would strongly suggest reaching out to the committee or to just the organization and ask for ways to improve. So back yes. to the beginning of our discussion, right? So it's, it's not why do they hate me? 
it's okay how can I grow from this particular environment and look for those concrete examples our guidance from national is to always give the student organizations just like you would on a job interview have some very concrete pieces we like this and this but we only accept 10% of our class which again is completely up to the school but we only accept this many and there were some that you were competing against that had this that's what we were looking for right so that is some very concrete now you can take it and say well I don't want to do that that's up to you right but you you would get that feedback to decide how you'd want to move forward so it's it should not be and most often it is not a personal insult against you in any way it is yes. purely looking at a rubric or looking at a fit or just like we find in real life right I didn't get that job well they didn't hate you it just turned out someone fit 98 percent you were 96 percent okay you're, you're set exactly. up for the next job it was just about fit and what you just said sparked a memory that, that I think is good because, you know, it's one thing to, to talk theory, but to actually give experiential examples, I think will really drive this point home. So when you get when you don't get the outcome you're looking for, you have two choices. You can look at it as why is this happening to me? Why do they hate me? All this stuff. Or how is this happening for me? How can I take ownership and improve on this? So this is real talk. My story of pharmacy. I'm going to I'm going to simplify. I got rejected the first time I applied to pharmacy school and I saw the rejection letter. And there were some bad feelings. Okay, let's be real. But what I did with it is I asked that ex the exact question, maybe not in those words, but I said, is this it or is this the beginning? So I took a, a, a two, big uh, two big doses of humility pills <laughs> and I called Office of Admissions. And I said, I didn't get in, but I really have a strong why. And I want to figure out what can I do to improve this? So I embarrassed and humbly went into the pharmacy school that I was just rejected from. And I said, like, you know, here's my transcript. Here's my activities. Like, I want to know, like, what does it take to improve to a level that you are looking for? Where do, where can I, what can I do that would improve this? And they were uh, pleased and they took a deep breath before letting me know all the things <laughs> that I was not aware of. But I came to that with that dose and this is kind of a, a cool story is that woman is still working at office of admissions at, at pharmacy school. And that was back in, I think 2008, 2009, when I got in the next year I applied after getting waitlisted. But here's the cool thing, guys. I kept going with that same mindset. And then I had the honor to do a uh, national presentation at uh, SNAPA nationals back in 2019 in Texas, back pre COVID times when meetings were in person live. And she was in the room, the woman that sat down with me, and I would not have had the opportunity to go to pharmacy school, be a pharmacist, and, and speak to students. And I, made, I, I embarrassed her. I paid it back. So I announced her, had her stand up. You know, everyone clapped for and stuff. But that's the, that's the power of taking that humility and flipping that script. So it's cool to talk about this stuff. But literally, I would not be on this podcast talking with you if I didn't do this advice that we're giving you because it's so freaking important. And it, the first time you do it, I'm going to be real with you. The first time you do it, it's going to hurt bad. It's yeah. going to be like, you know, degrading or whatever, all the bad feelings. But once you break through those limiting beliefs and fears, it will literally create a breakthrough that will then be a part of you that you can carry into all areas of your life. And I promise you, it might be painful. It might be scary, but it is so worth it. Because here I am with y'all. Like, this is an honor. Like, I would never have done this if that wasn't and a thing. And you're better for it. So in giant speak, we, we call it the broccoli in your teeth. And that's basically what you went into the admission office asking. And you probably didn't realize that it was all broccoli, right, in your, in your story. Well, I there, had green right? teeth. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But <laughs> everyone, else, everyone else knows it's there, but you don't. And when you first learn that, that shattering glass is so humbling painful i mean you you put in your adjective that that works for you but the first time exactly as you describe you realize that it's so liberating to move forward it's like oh that's the broccoli all right i can get that out right because as soon as you tell me about it i can fix that why do you yell at me every time you come in your office uh oh that's broccoli let me pull that out i'm stressed okay calm down let me move forward right i may not always get it right but i'll certainly try right because i know i have that broccoli in my teeth and so it's always recognize that it always goes back to self-awareness which is basically what you took a huge dose of when you walked in there oh, yeah. <laughs> what where am i lacking where 
how can I be more self-aware of what what I'm doing? And of course, there's a skill component as well, right? And that that's yeah. who makes you up: emotional intelligence, self-awareness, and your skills, right? And yeah. all of that has to sort of be in balance. Um, but the best leaders are competent, and that that is an understood piece. But we're all competent; we should be. So, where does your skill set and your emotional self-awareness, emotional intelligence, come into play? And that's uh, an amazing point because here's what happens, guys. When you when you take this dose and you you say like maybe I'm missing something, here's what happens: the more you learn, the more you learn you don't know, and that's why it's an ever evolving process. And we talk about pharmacy students, but as you're a pharmacist, you know you graduate, you're like, oh, I passed the NAPLEX, oh, I know everything, and then you realize real quick that you don't. <laughs> and I'm sorry, it's another dose of humility. Yeah. But what happens? is you start to realize how much more richness there is in learning by doing. And here's why I want to shift PLS to pharmacists if we can. In that because you have such rich experience on the job and in the real world, you're literally invaluable to bridge that gap and bring that back to pharmacy students and the future of pharmacy. So what I want to ask you is a lot of pharmacists that I've talked to at meetings and stuff, I say, you know, oh, you do anything with PLS or, you know, Pilot the Kai or anything else. And they say, Oh, I graduated. That's done. No, no, no. So can you kind of speak to if you're a pharmacist looking to give back, looking to stay connected with organizations that guided you through that process, how can they pay that back and get involved to give back? Um, so all of our committees have pharmacist members. Um, it's not all student run. Um, our president, so past, current, immediate, or president-elect, right? Yeah, immediate past, president, president-elect. Those are all practitioners as well. Um, it doesn't matter what you're practicing in, but those are all practitioners. Um, and don't even have to be a pharmacist, um, just connected to pharmacy um, in, a, in, in some way. So we've had quite a few PhDs come through. Our current president-elect is one as well. Um, so that is is in that spot. We have a committee that likely fits what you're interested in. If this mentorship and leader development piece is, is of interest, we have a programming committee. If student engagement is of interest because you're active or not active as a student and you have ideas for what that looks like, we have a committee um, that works on that. Um, and then I know you want to chat about, but we've we've moved into developing our own programming and content. So you, from a development perspective, there's some opportunities for specific leader content. And this is not just pharmacy content. Giant is not made for pharmacy. Giant Giant was made for uh, business community. Um, Fortune 500 companies is, is where it lands most of the time, but it works everywhere. Works in your personal life, professional life. And so we've, we've adapted some things to pharmacy, but not a ton. It's pretty much... Uh, the program, it, it helps you so much to grow. So. Uh, I love that. And guys, the whole point of this podcast was to really show you that you are a leader. You might have been a follower or had that identity belief that you're just, ju quote, just a follower, but you are a leader. And there are resources to guide you through that process. I wanted to break down uh, the stigma that, you know, you have to be on a podium and have all these awards and be present to be a leader. And if you're not, you don't qualify. It's about intent and looking to develop those skills rather than positions. It's to tell you that you don't have to figure this out alone. There are tons of resources with PLS in the organization, with programs if you're a pharmacy student or you're looking to get back involved as a pharmacist. Contribution is just a phenomenal thing that you can add to your pharmacist career that will give you so much fulfillment to see that light bulb in a pharmacy student's eyes and reimagine the possible. It's like, it's one of the best, like, I love it. When I get talks and I see students have those light bulb moments, it makes all all the like dark, all the hours in the dark that y'all don't even know about, like studying and working on myself and looking in the mirror, like really close, it makes it all worth it because you can bring that back and give back. Um, but but the thing I really wanted to, to tell you is that while these resources are great, I am a firm believer in the concept of immersion which is, you know, dabbling, doing things consistently is great. But if you have, have you guys ever studied a foreign language, like let's go back to middle school, high school days, you take your Spanish class, you know, and then you graduate and it kind of goes away. But the people that remember it for a long time, maybe they didn't study it as a degree, but they went to, let's say Spanish, for example, they went to Mexico for a week. They took a trip with their class to Spain. They literally were fully immersed in that concept or skill they were looking to master. And it literally got burned into their brain so it became a part of them. It was no longer an endeavor. 
It was, this is part of your identity and you now have a responsibility to continue to cultivate this. And it's fun because it's never ending low, growing. And if you're not growing, you're dying. So it's a great way to do that. Now let's get out of Spanish real quick, all right? And I did take Spanish as an undergrad and it's very invaluable. You can actually use that to do medical mission trips, which is a whole other podcast. But what I'm talking about specifically here is with leadership. So Phi Lambda Sigma has amazing prog programs, both for pharmacy students and for pharmacists. And there is an exceptional opportunity coming up this year of 2021 that is exactly what I described, that immersive experience. So Brandon, I'm gonna, I don't, I don't, I'm too excited. I'm gonna let you share what sure. that is. <laughs> sure. Otherwise we'll be here all night. So we're um, finally ready uh, for our first annual uh, PLS Leadership Summit. Uh, it's gonna be June 25th or 21st through the 25th. Um, we were on track for last summer and COVID took care of what it took care of. So we've moved to the virtual space. We're gonna continue in that virtual space for the summer. We may continue in that space forever. We really don't know how this ultimately looks. Um, one of the major advantages of, of this being virtual is we can bring people in from all over the country. You can hop in. Um, you don't have to take the time to get away from work to be able to speak. So hence Adam joining in for our keynote and, and hopping on. It's not such a, 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 a awesome task to have to fly across the country to meet up and get off work and all of those things. Um, so we have laid out I, I think an amazing curriculum, but you have to remember I'm biased and I love all this stuff, but um, <laughs> we're, we're getting started. Adam's going to kick us off and then we, we're going to do a two hour, two and a half hour workshop on really getting to know yourself. And that's going to happen on Tuesday and then Wednesday through Friday, we're going to have various workshops um, over seven, eight hours of content where you can really learn a lot more about yourself. Um, and. Um, they're going to be uh, individually contained, so you don't have to go to all of them. If you go to all of them, uh, you definitely can, but it's almost like you can pick up with book number five and be fine and understand what's happening. Um, but all of it is, is a, it's a, all a peak of what we do and how we walk our groups through that self-awareness and emotional intelligence. And so the goal would be, uh, I think it's interesting you bring up language. This is what we call it. This is a leadership language, and there's lots out there. We're powered by Giant. There's tons of other programs. They all have their pros and cons, ours included. Um, but this is the language we speak. So on our teams, on our leadership teams, on the teams that I work with, we implement this language. You can speak Spanish, but you wouldn't then go look for French references. You're going to look for Spanish references, and so that's how we we've gone about it. And again, it's not that French is bad. We just we go down this this road. So we're laying all of that out in hopes to growing you as an individual um, throughout this time. So you go back that much more informed. A lot of the tools and stuff we talk about are so easy to go back and teach your teams as well. And so at some point when we were talking today, I got to thinking like you're, you're thinking as an employee looking up and really disappointed at the way a manager might be treating you and, and you're seeing that disconnect. You can obviously look internally, what am I doing in that? And then of course they would need to meet you, but flip that down as well. Who do you lead? How are yeah. you leading them? What are your tendencies and what's that look like? Are you replicating the same thing that your boss is doing to you and you don't like it? How does that look? How does What's it like to be on the other side of you? How is it to lead? So we're gonna spend a lot of time breaking some glass and seeing that kind of stuff so that, oh, yeah. that hopefully you go back more informed. Now, do you have all the answers after a week? Well, no, just like you're not fluent in Spanish after a week there, but you get a lot of the key concepts and can you find food in the bathroom? We'll be good. So that'll be our goal for the, for the week. That's phenomenal. So guys, it literally lays, lays out your leadership plan for identifying those blind spots. So once you have the awareness piece of how to get awareness, then you know what to do. And I think that's the number one thing that prevents people from developing their leadership potential is that they don't know where to start and they don't know what they're missing. So once you identify that, boom, you've just literally broken through the glass and you now have a clear plan of what to do. And that's exactly what's going down. So guys, if you're listening to this, if you're like, oh, I'm gonna get back involved, I'm a pharmacist, I've been looking to get back, COVID, I've got some free time, uh, or you're a pharmacy student. And you're like, I, I, I know that I need to become invaluable in the marketplace because everyone has a doctorate and this is this still blows my mind i talk about this all the time our starting place in pharmacy is you have a doctorate that's not the ending place you have a doctorate now what like how are you going to leverage that how are you going to grow yourself and become an invaluable asset to your team residency fellowship whatever it is 
and that is becoming a leader. It's the one thing you can count on that will never change and give you certainty to make sure you are invaluable in pharmacy. So can you kind of tell us if you're interested in this, because it sounds amazing, how do people get involved? Where do they go? I'll have all these links in the show notes so you guys can click them easy, but can you just share with us where and when and all the details? Absolutely. So um, phylambdasigma.org is where to, to sign up. Um, you'll be able to um, sign up on there. We've tried to keep the cost incredibly um, competitive and and, um, and reasonable. Um, so um, that's on there. All of our social media platforms for uh, Phylambda Sigma will be um, blasting out. So by the time this is up, we'll likely everything will be there. Awesome, guys. Uh, this was an absolute blast. And I just wanted to say thank you, Brandon, for all of the service that you do for pharmacy for Phi Lambda Sigma and for being on the podcast, because uh, while this wasn't intended to be a 30 minute convo, we kind of got carried away. <laughs> we did. I always do in this space. So, <laughs> Yes, so I love that. Your passion just shines through. So thank you so much. I appreciate you. And guys, uh, seriously, get involved with PLS, regardless of where you are, P1 or your 10 years out of pharmacy school. It is such an incredible organization that really is the real deal behind the scenes and out front. Uh, and I have the honor of uh, kicking us off as the keynote speaker this summer. So make sure that you guys are there because it's going to be a great time. I mean, come on. We're all going to be there. We're going to be talking to you. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and I promise some jokes. All right. So it'll be Excellent. a great engaging experience. But with that, I want to let you guys go. Uh, and thank you guys so much. If you are listening to this on a podcast platform, iTunes, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Pandora, wherever you are, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. If you're on YouTube, Make sure you're subscribed to the channel so you can get amazing leaders like Brandon right into your phone so you can learn lessons that he is dispensing every single day in his practice because he he literally walks the talk. Guys, this is Dr. Adam Martin of the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast signing off with the one and only Brandon Jennings of PLS. Go forth, be great, and dispense your full potential. I see my victory so clear. I see my victory so clear. It's a day. We're ready for